you want to do, uh, let's go right into credits. You're asking me like I have it like, oh, yeah, <laughs> how does that sound? You want to do that, maybe? Hey, this is, uh, this is a partnership in the way that it's like 60-40, but it's a partnership. <laughs> no, I demand we upend the entire formula, <laughs> starting right now. Horrible arena, top of the show. Absolutely. Only blue M&Ms. <laughs> Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zachariah with Old Man Gaming, and for whatever reason, you have decided to tune into another Horrible Gaming Podcast. Uh, with me is Neil, aka Tiny Wizard. And uh, we're really excited for this show. We got a lot to talk about uh, for a change. Um, even though we seem to go long on the shows that we don't have a lot to talk about. But um, before so, let's get into some housekeeping. Uh, number one, uh, we do the best we can with Zoom in our basements. My kid is in the background. You will probably hear her at some point as she has been unofficially named one of the foundation for. <laughs> uh then we got to go to some credits. Mark Bell, we appreciate all the original graphics you've done for the show, this one, and all of the other shows for OMG. And then, of course, big thanks goes out to Nick Van Sliders, who does the theme song for this and all the other shows. Um, real quick plug, a week, from, a week from this Friday, wait, yeah, a week from this Friday, we will be premiering a new music video from Nick Van Sliders called Pagan Sun, so I'm really excited for that. So... I know this, that's a little bit far off, but just, uh, just mark it on your calendars. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings, brings us to Fan Interaction. Fan Interaction being the show where we read you guys' comments from the last show. We decide a horrible arena winner. And we just ask questions to you and just try and communicate with you guys as much as humanly possible. It's one of our most favorite parts of the show. It's definitely one of Kevin Too Tall's favorite parts of the show because he commented like 12 times this week. Kev, I love you. I think you're trying to one-up yourself, man. Um, so, let's get into it. Kev Too Tall. Oh, God, I don't think I voted last week. To which I responded, you did not, but you would have voted for Metroid. We all know that. Um, he then said, timestamps are a lie, which I said, they are not. I work hard on those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said screwing up is the best way to learn and then I said unless it kills you then you are dead true <laughs> he said uh, should fan interaction be renamed to Kev to action Kev I love your comments I love reading them but more comments will not mean that we're going to rename the segment after you I'm just, just saying that up front getting that down <laughs> uh he then said, you don't, uh, you don't know what I'm wearing. And I said, yes, I do. I'm podcasting from inside your house. Uh, he said, best dog companion, as we asked the question last week, best companions in video games. And he said, Rush from Mega Man. That's a, that's a solid classic. Yeah. 
He then voted for your Mario Kart card game. Um, then he just said liars blasphemy exclamation point have no idea what that's in response to <laughs> <laughs> he, he then said uh, damn I almost got sucked up in that nasal snort I don't remember either one of us snorting last time I I mean now that I know that I actually do have breathing issues it very well could have been me right right then he said I think whoever didn't choose the topic should go first we're not retiring the quantum coin <laughs> I, Spent a lot no, of money on that quantum coin. Right. Inside baseball, we never know who's going first. And it, and sometimes it is dependent on who is more prepared to go first. So there's no organization to who's going first because it's literally decided off the mic at the last second. Sometimes being 75 to 80 percent of the time <laughs> as to who is more prepared. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I'm prepared this week, but I think I'm gonna get. I think I'm gonna get uh, disqualified. Th we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm really curious to see what your pitch is because you keep saying you're gonna get disqualified. I feel like a puzzle puzzle thing is a wide breadth. I, I thought so too, but we'll see. I, I I'm really proud of the pitch that I'm gonna make. Like I really thought about this, but like the whole time I'm like I have to pitch this. This is an awesome game, but I don't know if it's if it's gonna be a. A, a good one. Uh, so then we got a comment from Kayla. Thank you, Kayla. And she said, the question this week is so difficult in any game. If I get an animal companion, I'm in all caps. The in is all caps. But I'd have to say either dog meat from Fallout or Boomer from Far Cry 5. And then she voted for your game, the Mario Kart game. Um, and then Kev Tutal, one final comment. He said, I must always receive a bonus. <laughs> I don't know if we could promise that. I, I have been trying to give him out there. I, f I feel like I've boxed myself in with giving the bonus the one time, and now I feel like i got to do it every time. It, the bonuses really depend on how funny we are backstage. Yeah, definitely. Like, like that's what it is. Like, it depends on how much we have to say to each other when we're not directly on the recording mic and i like i don't want to put a bonus there that's just us like hey uh, i ate a ham sandwich yesterday you know it was good yeah it was good like i don't, I don't want that <laughs> so you only get bonuses if it's quality you always get a cold open even if they're a little ratty but i can't promise bonuses um but that brings us to uh the thing of the day neil you're on a three win streak sir Oh my! Yeah, you're on a a three game streak by bringing out by bringing down Mario Kart collectible card game. You got the win with that one. You know, I gotta I gotta say though, for the record, you and I talked about this afterwards. Your pitch, like I would totally one hundred percent play your pitch too. Like that's awesome. That's you such know, a good idea for a game, and it could go quick too. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, one of my – I've talked about it on the show a couple of times, not to go on a tangent, but one of my uh, many different failed uh, dream things that I tried to make happen for myself was, you know, I love collectible card games in all forms. I, I wanted to make a game company and make games, and I actually have every card for that card game written up. <laughs> I didn't want to put that in the pitch because I felt like people would 
give me the win for extra work and it, it had already been done a long time ago, but I have a spreadsheet on my computer that literally has every card that I would release in the first edition of that game. That's awesome. I would, I would have no qualms giving you my own personal vote for that one because that's like <laughs> that sounds like a fully fleshed out thing that you could take to a company and be like, hey, make this. And they'd be well, like, oh. Yeah, it, there's, there, it's a lot harder than you would think. Really? The hardest thing about a card game is the most important thing, surprisingly enough, is the pictures. Like, uh. it just is. Like, you need good art on a card game. You just do to make yourself feel like you're in those epic moments. And uh, um, pictures are expensive. They're really expensive. They're hard to come by. They're hard to make. And it just kind of sunk our ship before we had even gotten it sailing, you know? Mm, yeah. But I do want to say transitioning, you're not to like for us to sit here and like jerk each other off, but <laughs> your, <laughs> your Mario Kart game got me thinking. I literally sat down and started like, brainstorming what the cards and the rest of the game would look like. Like it was such a great base idea. I, I, I had started to like in my head, like, Oh, I should write these down in a spreadsheet. And then I'm like, wait, this will never work. Nintendo will shut this down so fast. I'm going to just walk away now before I get too excited about this. Unless we make it big, establish ourselves <laughs> and pitch the idea to Nintendo, you know, and have the big... them cut us in on it. Well, yeah, but, I'm going to tell you, I know people who do that, uh, who, who take games and pitch it to bigger companies. And uh, it just, it never, like, they don't care. They just don't care. Like, getting your foot in, in that door is so difficult and hard. Uh -huh. um, I will say, I would, if it was any other company other than Nintendo, I would say, let's just make the card game, use the pictures from Mario and Mario Kart, and then make it open source. Like, make people just have to pay for the cards themselves. Yeah. Usually you can get away with that, but Nintendo like shut shit down in dreams. So like I Nintendo would shut us down so fast our heads would spin. Yeah. Um okay, but Animal Companion before the fan traction goes too long. We got too much to talk about today. Um yes. What's your Animal Companion, man? Yeah, it, it's it, there's a couple, but Dog Meat for sure is on there. Yeah. Boomer for sure is on there. Caleb and, picked a couple uh, of good ones. Yeah, the uh, the dog from uh, from Fable, of course. And one more, I'm gonna say this one's kind of out there, and people really hate it. Uh, Fee from Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword. I only say that because it was just ridiculous all the things that that thing would say and the fact that it was trying to talk to me in the weird the real world through the wii remote it right. was weird <laughs> but I, it was kind of like a nostalgia sort of thing for me oh that's fair that's totally fair um if i'm picking i gotta pick uh the dog from fable 2 like he made yeah. that game good like I have never like as good as all the companions that you've mentioned and everybody else has mentioned. Like if you go back and play fable one now without the dog, it, it, it actually took away from the first game. Like it was like, Oh, this is not even close to as good because of that dog. He is actually helpful. He find like he, he is an integral part of what you need in the game. And I, I like that. If uh, Far Cry five and I have a 
tortured relationship as far as how terrible that game ended. But um, I loved Hamburger from that. Oh, yeah. And uh, my, <laughs> I actually love – my favorite Far Cry game is like least favorite for a lot of other people, but it's uh, Far Cry – oh, man, I can never remember the name of it. The one with the caveman. Uh, Primal. Primal. Far Cry Primal. I loved Far Cry Primal. And one of the coolest things was going out training the animals – and getting the animals on your side, like the saber-toothed tigers and stuff. Man, I love Far Cry Primal and all the, the companions from that one, too. All right. Uh, so we should probably ask a question. Uh, yeah. Um, if you don't have be... one locked and loaded, I could probably come up with one. I mean, I could just always come up with one on the spot, too. But do you have <laughs> one? <laughs> do you have one ready? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, we're let's feed off the whole PlayStation Five thing because I wanna, I wanna see what our fans think. Uh, what do you guys think of the design of the box? We're gonna talk about it in depth in, in a couple of minutes. I think me and Neil are gonna be of two minds on it, but I wanna know what everybody else out there, out there thinks. Whether they like it, they love it, they hate it, you know, whatever. I, I'd like to hear um, what you guys think about the PlayStation Five. The design, the design specifically. <laughs> Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, that brings us to our first topic. Uh, the big news of the week was the Sony Show, the Sony Showcase. Uh, on Thursday, they unveiled 37 exclusive games as well as, well, I don't know if they're all exactly exclusive, but 37 new games. Uh, and then they showed us the new box, uh, what, how it's designed. And then they showed us the big surprise, the big, the big, punch in my opinion is the fact that they have an all digital edition of the playstation 5 uh and they're also releasing it alongside the ps the ps5 which really really surprised me really really shocked me um and and we'll we'll get to that um neil wants me to start because <laughs> he wants me to be negative Neil, Neil likes to hide behind me. Uh, as If the comments were bullets, I would be a human shield for Neil. Um, look, <laughs> I, I want to say that I want to say a disclaimer up front. I do, and I'm sorry this doesn't, that, that the segment is starting this way, but I don't like being the guy who's negative on PlayStation 5. I'm, I don't want people to think of me as the guy who's negative on PlayStation 5. I don't want people to think of me as the Xbox guy who hates everything that Sony releases. And by no means did I hate this showcase. However, I think in a year where Xbox Series X has been swinging for the fences at nearly every one of their shows, this was a run-of-the-mill baseline thing that only showed us games that we already knew were coming out. Uh, the, the only, and then, and then it topped off with a box that I, and I'm in the minority on this. It looks like a yuppie vomited it on a floor. Like it looks like a piece of art deco garbage that one of these CEOs would put on a, on a completely glass coffee table. Like that's what that thing looks like to me. It, it, it's a dust catcher. It it does not look functionally proper. It's too tall. Like, I don't like the box. I'm sorry. The design is not good. 
And I thought that the showcase itself, while there's a lot of cool games they showed, we knew about them all. We knew them all, all coming out ahead of time. So I don't understand why everybody's so like losing their minds about everything coming out. Um, this was run of the mill. It was run of the mill Sony. It was standard run of the mill Sony. There was nothing special about this show. I don't understand with the exception of the all digital. I thought the all digital was like a punch, a blow real hard blow to Xbox and it's going to make them kind of scramble. And we'll talk about that specifically later because I've got a theory on that, but you can't have, I'd left foil downstairs again. <laughs> you actually agreed with me when I talked to you about this. I, I don't think oh, this one. Okay. On the yeah, show. I don't yeah, think we yeah. actually talked about it on the show, but I had this theory before the reveal and then the reveal happened. Now I think like Xbox is because I didn't think that, Okay, we're getting off, off subject. So my thought process was like everything they showed was like we knew Godfall was coming. We knew Horizon, uh, Horizon was coming, Horizon 2. We knew it. Like the trailer's great, and I'm glad we heard about it. The only surprise that they showed was a Spider-Man game that isn't even really a game. It's a DLC that they've detached from it. They even and called it something crazy like an expand-alone. Like, I would be irate if one of my first-party launch games was basically something that they had intended for a DLC. Uh, I don't understand why everybody was so excited about that. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to – I can't – Miles Morales in, his, in the game is great. I would rather just see, like, it be Spider-Man 2, Miles Morales. Like, why is – like, I don't – like, their messaging on this was real poor, in my opinion. Um but everything else was just stuff we saw. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. And they didn't show us anything specifically special. They didn't really counter anything that Xbox has said. Uh, they just kind of showed the games, and then they showed the box, and then they stopped. And they still haven't released price. We are four months out from these systems coming out, and I don't know how much money I need to spend. Like, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, all right, that's where I'm at. Okay. Don't be mad at me for being negative, but Zach, you forgot the the biggest blockbuster of all of them. Uh, towards the end of the show, they announced Bug Snacks, the biggest <laughs> killer app for the PS5. I I literally I was watching the show. Bug Snacks was ridiculous. I was like. What is happening right now? I was we were watching the show, and I turned to Kayla in the middle of them showing this game off, and I'm like, "This is the thing that's gonna show up at a dollar store." It's <laughs> like you go sometimes to to Five Below, and they have games games that nobody wants. It's gonna be that game. Yeah, that is gonna be it. I think that's uh, ridiculous. So, uh. I, I guess I'll try to I'll try to play off of your beats. The first one being uh, the Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, that there, it, the expand alone idea has already been done before with Uncharted Lost Legacy. It is an it idea. It didn't really work that well. One point that I mean, out. I heard that it was okay. I literally don't know anything about it, but it's it's literally taking a, a whole idea and making it 
a thing. Like, Spider-Man sold gangbusters, and there's no reason why they wouldn't try to capitalize off of what they have on the PS5. Right. I, I would not see that as something that is, like... I would be kind of surprised if it came out as a $40 game. Mm. I think that I think that it's going to be enough and justified as a full-fledged $60 game. All right, well, um, I'll make another Oh, you think Oh, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think there's going to Yeah, no, yeah, it's there's going to be enough in that game to justify it as a $60 game. While you can mm. make the argument that it is something that they were going to consider as DLC, I don't think it's going to be as such. I think it'll be something in the vein of the Final Fantasy VII remake where they take take that whole idea, take what they were going to do and expand it out and yeah. fill it with enough content. I mean, I think the messaging is poor on it then. They should have just said it's a little bit smaller and shut their mouths. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's, the, yeah. The expand alone, just that right there makes me like want to take a shower. Just the word, you know? <clears throat> Yeah, but um, sorry, I interrupted again. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, but we did get uh, the Demon Souls remake is out is being made from Blue Point. Um, we also got the announcement of Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil Eight, yes. which again we kind of thought was coming, but at the same time, we had only really thought that you know Capcom had been working on all of these different remakes and remasters. Like, I think a lot of people thought that Resident Evil 4 was going to be the next one that they were going to do, and then after that they were going to go ahead and do the next Resident Evil. I was kind of surprised that they even announced it when they did. I'll actually give you that one. That was a surprise, and I forgot about that one. That was my bad. But that um, one was a surprise. I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> that game stray looks so interesting the one with the cat what? with the backpack looks yeah terrible. I, it's a cat I with think a backpack looks... it's, that's a game that's gonna end and it's cute $1. as hell that game looks like a tech demo <laughs> neil it looks like a tech demo that you play that's what it looks like I, I i don't i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna back off on this i don't care how cute that stupid cat is it looks like a tech demo it looks like a way for them to walk you through an engine um what else? Oh, so uh, there's there's one, and I hope you share the same sentiments. Okay. Uh, whenever we were watching the trailer for Pragmata from Capcom. Okay. It started with the dude walking in a space suit in mm -hmm. New York, and I got one look at that space suit and one look at the atmosphere. There's the, the strange hologram cat with a girl, and the dude has a crazy apparatus on his back, and like stuff's getting sucked up into space. And the only thing I could think of is, damn, Kojima works so fast. Yeah, okay. I... Right. <laughs> we were exact on that. I was watching it like, he's not coming out with a new game already, is he? Like, I was waiting That's... for Gilmero Del Toro to waddle his ass out. And, like, yeah. Guy and, and like he he no was the black hole in the be there. Yeah, <laughs> Del Toro was the black hole in the sky. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw that. I saw the same thing. I was like, I I actually kind of felt that way about a few of the trailers. Like watching him, like I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. Like, and and that's me though. That's not that's not the general consensus. Like I think, I think overall the games that they showed at this, if you're a fan of what PlayStation presents you would be happy about that. 
like there there were a lot of narrative interesting like story driven stuff uh, uh i i don't find those as interesting or compelling as i used to some of them i find like like that one with the with the spaceship where the lady's time looping i was like i god that I don't want anything to do with that. You know, that's like, a wait and that's going to be a wait and see for me. Uh, I, and that's fair, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I think that on a whole, their games were, I think my big problem was their games were just like, like not the last one. The last one kind of sucked. We all have talked about that already. Uh, but Xbox has gone out of their way to show like a wide variety of stuff that's coming. It's not here yet. Their exclusives have not been the best, but a wide variety of stuff that's coming. So what I think, I think the real judgment as to who is going to have the best showing this generation is going to be once Microsoft goes in July. That's their Halo Infinite. Mm. That's going to be their Halo Infinite uh, show. That's also going to be where I would assume that we get a look at the rumored Xbox Series S. Um, and I think that we very well might get a price there because Sony's finally made a move. They've shown their two consoles, which, again, like you had alluded to, I... I had kind of not expected it, but I wasn't super surprised, especially talking about, you know, everybody knows that it's going to be expensive, basically. If you take an Ultra HD Blu-ray drive out of that console, that's going to easy knock $100 off, no matter what. Um, But, I mean, not to keep hammering on it, but, I mean... No, no, no. Horizon... uh, No, I was just going to say the the Horizon Forbidden West... Looks really good. Um, I, and I still maintain, like, I have to bring you the PS4 one day just so you can try Horizon. I like, have told that's... you that that's a PlayStation game that I miss. Like, I, I, I can tell, like, without even playing it from what I've seen of it, that that's, like, that's got everything that I like. Open worlds, monster hunting. Like, like yeah. I, I, that's a game that every time I look at it, I'm like, man, I wish that was cross-platform. Um, but, so I'm not, I'm again... I don't want my messaging to come out wrong. I don't think that what they showed was bad. I don't think they showed anything bad. I just felt like I felt like they did the same thing. They showed you exactly the same thing that they have always showed you. They didn't show you anything new or versatile or special. And I think that Xbox has steadily been doing that. So like when we see the stuff coming on Xbox and I know they're not technically exclusives, which is, just the most ridiculous like you still only get them on xbox stuff but whatever um well i mean there's there is some news in that front but i kind of had it say for odds and ends later yeah let's but um we can go back into that later but there's a a lot to get through on this yeah what i I, oh go ahead just to finish my (laughs) thought like i think that why I, I think it was all good. I just thought it was very samey. It wasn't any like there weren't any big shots other than the all digital. I thought the all digital was a real blow to the gut. And I think the all digital was a real blow to the gut because of some other thoughts that I have on this. But like I, I thought the actual showcase itself was very just like run of the mill PlayStation. And I'm also I'm really sick of Sony making excuses for themselves uh with the excuse of we're we're making it for the next generation or what like they always have this like 
almost standoffish wording where like we're doing the right thing because we're not making things uh, backwards compatible or you know what I mean and I, I'm very sick of that I feel like that's a cop-out I feel like they're trying to make people think that there's more value in losing uh, losing the ability to play some older stuff or to play this stuff on older consoles and I I I it upsets me a little bit. I wish they'd stop saying that because that's not a bonus. It's not an upside. Like losing the versatility to play your games wherever you want to is not a plus, no matter how they say it. I wish they'd just go with their stats and push on that instead of trying to make it, make their lack of versatility a positive somehow. I see. I think, well, they've already said that they're doing the backwards compatibility and they have since expanded. Games. Well, they have since expanded upon that. It's a hundred games that are currently in the works right now, but more will be coming later. Uh, it's not like they're just like, ah, just the top 100 and that's it. No, they're going to expand that beyond that. They're doing basically what Xbox did this generation. They're like, okay, here's some, but you know, every month or so we got a couple more that we're going to throw in there right. because the backwards compatibility, it's not, it's I not mean, as easy as we all think it is. It's just, it's, Oh, it's, why don't you just pop the disc in? It's the same thing. Like it's, it's not, but they're still not as versatile. And, they're they're trying to make that lack of versatility sound like a positive and i'm i'm sick of that like i mean granted they're more backwards compatibility than they were last generation great yes. that's that's not a pass you slightly fucking up less is not a pass on you fucking up in the first place and and the other thing is the lack of smart delivery i think i understand why they're doing it but they're doing it to sell boxes and that's i don't like that i don't like that motivation there I don't. They're basically saying, if you want to play these games, you got to buy our new box. I think that, like, eventually you should say, like, well, you got to move over because the technology gets there. But they're still they're they're cutting you off, and they're trying to make it sound like a positive. Like, I don't mind them trying to sell boxes that way. That's how everybody has always tried to sell boxes. I'm really sick of them trying to ram down the, my throat that it's a plus that they're not letting me play the games wherever I want to. See, for me, though, their sameness that they presented is their biggest strength. you got to look back at Microsoft's generation, this past generation. They started bad. They did not have that much in the way of exclusives come out. I mean, you get some here and there, but when you look, you compare that against you know, Sony and the, the exclusives that they had on the PS4, it's night and day. Right. I think... While Microsoft is showing off some new stuff here and there, it's definitely like it's definitely going to be like I, my mind just went blank. You're fine. That yeah, no, um, yeah, my this, mind is no, basically blank. I, I have to make it have. Fun. I accidentally touched something on my computer and I got distracted because <laughs> I thought I did something. No, um, yeah, no, what they've been showing so far is stuff that's going to be coming out, but I think everybody is just so I, – I hesitate to say ruined, but uh, for lack of a better term, ruined from this previous generation with Microsoft where a lot of people, not everybody, who have both consoles have not really been going back to the their Xboxes. They know what they're going to get with Sony. They knew that Horizon was coming. They knew Spider-Man was coming. We know a God of War is coming eventually. I'm actually kind of was hoping that we were going to see it at this, but 
whatever. I mean, um, I still feel like, yeah, I'm not going to argue with what you're saying. Sony's definitely winning the race, but Sony's also standing still, and Microsoft is sprinting their ass off. And that is the biggest sort of like what they think the generation, their idea of a generation, we keep going back to this well, but I think that's going to be the deciding factor in this generation as to what the definition of a generation is. Because I honestly, at the end of this show, I turned to Kayla and I had said, like, I, I'm sold now. Like I, I'm 100% like I signed up for notifications for when pre-orders go live. Like I'm going the the first one in this generation is going to be a PS5 for us. Hands down, I don't there's nothing to to talk about in regards to us because Microsoft's already told us, you know, your your consoles, your box is going to be good for at least a year afterwards if not longer depending on what these developers end up doing. You know, you won't necessarily have stuff that's going to be locked down yet. Eventually, we'll get there. I, but... I love that your reasoning for being sold on PlayStation 5 is because they're holding games hostage and Microsoft isn't. Microsoft isn't holding games hostage and you're like, well, I got to go with the people who are screwing me over. But that's like, just... That's, what... that's your thought process here. And that's, that's... That's, that's what makes me induce rage and and what bothers me even more is not only is that the thought process which is fine that's always been the thought processes for systems but playstation is out there telling you it's better this way and that's bullshit it's bullshit you should be able to play your games on anything you shouldn't even be able to you shouldn't even have to buy a playstation to play your games or an xbox you should just be able to play them all on whatever you want to play them on and and the fact that all of this shit is so old school uh capitalist bullshit that I am just so sick of having to you having to lug a PlayStation over to my house for me to play Horizon. Like, why? It's fucking stupid. I would buy it on my Xbox. I'd buy it. I'd pay them money. Like, and that, that's, uh, that's my problem with, with Sony. That's my problem is, is Xbox isn't hamstringed by that. I can buy Xbox games on my fucking Switch right now. Like, it's not hamstringed by that thought process, and I'm just so sick of that crap just so sick of that crap while i don't hate what microsoft is doing it's not giving me a reason to get an xbox series x over something else i right because they're not putting a gun to your head and telling you you have to buy this in order to get games yeah i mean and i'm okay with that and i think that speaks to the general argument of the overarching idea of a generation while i think Eventually, we will get to that point. What I think, not the not the generation after this one, but the generation after that in like 20 years, it's going to become something like Google Stadia. As much as I hate to say that. I mean, I think the that's technology what is there. Right. What and, it's going to be. Yeah. And I think what, what Sony mm. is doing is they're taking a look at what Microsoft tried to do last generation with the always online, this, that, and the other, and how that didn't go over very well. They're looking to avoid that change. And because people aren't ready necessarily for that change yet, I think the baby steps into all digital versions of consoles are steps in that right direction. But I think mm. Microsoft, they are taking what their idea of a generation is and moving that forward a couple years beyond what we were inevitably going to get to anyways. But I think 
it just comes down to your personal preference in that regard. I am okay with generations being the way that they are. Granted, I would have liked for this one to last a little bit longer. Ten years is roughly what I would think of a generation, not necessarily about six or seven. Right. But I, uh, I, I but, will say I, – I will say I <laughs> – I don't mind that being the generation. I don't mind it. I just don't like being told that it's anything other than uh, a way for them to make money. I think in that regard, though, when they're coming out and saying this sort of stuff like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is what it is. I think that's just uh, like you've said, CEO jargon BS, like they're trying to rationalize, justify, you know, well, stop. take whatever. I, I mean, stop. Just show us the exclusives. Because that's what you have over Xbox. That's what you've always had over Xbox. And in this generation, that's all you got is the exclusives. So just show us the exclusives and stop telling me that your system is better because I can't play those exclusives anywhere else. Because it's, it's, it's garbage. It's garbage. I, there's no world in which these games couldn't be lower res to play on a PlayStation 4. No world. I don't believe it. I don't believe it in a heartbeat. You cannot make me believe it, or even a PlayStation Pro. But they're well, not doing it because they want to make you spend money. That is it's, why they're doing it. Well, what I think, too, it's not necessarily the resolution. If you take a look at the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart that they showed, they took full advantage of that SSD, the custom SSD that they have in there, to instantly load entire worlds when you're jumping between portals and stuff like that. I They're know. leveraging that technology from that custom hard drive to be able to do things like that. I because still that's kind of a trick, but I don't want to get into the uh, tinfoil hat on Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> yeah, no, I think... I, I think the resolution and everything, I mean, if you think of it that way, if you're going to kick down the resolution to make these games playable, well, then why even have a new generation in the first place? Why? Why even have a new generation in the first place? Because eventually you need the technology to go up. But why? Why have a generation? I don't like generations. I don't like the fact that every so often I have to literally buy everything new in my living room. It's bullshit. It's crap. And it's something they force feed you that you don't need. Like, I don't like generations. I've never liked generations. I don't like the idea that I can't buy the new games on the system I have if my system works just fine or my TV just works just fine. But I got to buy everything new because of a generation. I don't like generations. I don't like it. I don't want them around anymore. And I want Xbox to get rid of them. I love, I love the idea that I don't have to buy the new system and I can play all the games. And because of that, I will spend all my money on Xbox systems if I can control it, as long as that is what they're doing. Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> no, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm sorry. There, uh, I just got a text message and it was like semi-important. <laughs> oh, Not semi-important, like kind of actually important. Well, we're getting a little bit heated on this. I think we should just move on. We, we, I think we covered everything. I, I hate that I'm the negative one again, but I think, we, I think we covered anything. Was there anything else you wanted to add to this one? Uh, no. Okay. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right. That argument, get it out of the way. I think Kevin's going to be really happy because I, I, we were both getting a little heated in that one. <laughs> it was the first time. Uh, 
there was some some real back and forth. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna now move into uh, summer of gaming. IGN's been doing it, uh, and we're actually gonna kind of like merge this with odds and ends because the first topic went so long. Um, but yeah, so IGN did summer of gaming. There was a lot of game reveals. Now, I kind of think they uh, they cheesed it a little bit. They used a lot of uh, already scheduled showcases and kind of marketed as their own. But uh, but yeah, well, what do you think of everything so far? Uh, I have not kept up with any of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, well, I did. I mean, you kept up with some of it. The PlayStation Showcase was part of it. Oh, well, nah. Uh, I thought of that as its own thing. It's yeah. just this whole how they're doing the, quote, E3, if you can call it that, this year. It's just so, so much happening all over the place. Yeah. There's no one show that I look to for, like, oh, this is where I'm going to find out all the stuff about this one thing right. I care about. It's like, oh, well, this this one publisher is going to do something, so there's one game that I'm interested about over here, and right, right. this other publisher over here has this one thing. It's like, I don't know. It's sucked out a lot of the anticipation and excitement for what E3 was. I mean, I, I like E3 because it's got pageantry to it, like the showing up and the being in the hall and the interviews in between. I think, uh, I think really, you know, make it what it is. At the same time, this was kind of like, to me, what it felt like was like, if you got handed a piece of cake and you just ate the frosting, um, like it's good, it's great, but like, it's too much. And uh, I, f I feel like that's what this was because you were just getting trailers, which is the thing that everything builds to, you know? Yeah. So I felt like we were just eating frosting the whole time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I liked – there was a lot of stuff that I saw that I really enjoyed. I, I'm really excited for Spellbreak. I think that's really cool that it's coming to consoles, and I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Um. And then uh, I'm also really, really, really excited about this game they showed at the Gorilla Collective, which was Almighty Kill Your Gods. Have you seen that? Nope. <laughs> ah, Neil. That game looks great. You need to see that trailer. It, uh, basically, they, they took like – like you hunt monsters, uh, but you don't hunt it with like weapons. You have like magic powers so it's like a co-op monster hunting game but you also like build your own city based on like instead of looting the monsters to build weapons you loot the monsters to build your city up which gives you more power um it's just it's just such a fresh and interesting take on the genre that i'm i'm very excited about it i urge you to go check out the trailer is what i will huh. say to that all and right spell, spell break is the uh the wizard battle royale basically Oh, I think I saw a trailer for this like years ago. Yeah, it's been on it's been in like extended beta on PC, but it's coming to Switch and Xbox One and I think PlayStation 4 uh like within the year now basically is what they announced. And uh it, that just looks like so much fun. It just does. It it looks like the closest to a Dragon Ball Z battle royale, just everybody throwing stuff around like I think yeah. that could be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I thought summer gaming was good. It's just, like I said, it was all trailers. It was just trailers, 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 trailers. And any interview was just a trailer with somebody talking about the trailer, you know? Right. So, 
but I, I urge people to check out the Gorilla Collective showcase. I thought that had the most interesting, cool games in it, and they're like just all independent stuff. Like there's one called a uh, Trash Sailor, which looks fun. Um, uh, and there was Haven, which was another action RPG that looked great. Like just there, there was a lot of games there that just like really like scratched an itch for me. Yeah, I'll have to go back through and uh, take a look at some of those. Um, I guess we could do some odds and ends now since it's all in one. Uh, that m- might not generally go right into the summer of gaming. Uh, Disintegration got a bad review. Story review. I was bummed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It uh, it only got a six. Six. Oh. And it's it's not even out. They gave them advanced copies. It doesn't come out till tomorrow. Oh man. Yeah, and the bad story review came out like five days ago. And like they're doing a they're doing a multi-tier review, so they review the story and then they review the multiplayer by themselves and kind of average it out. Right. Um, but uh but yeah, the story only got a six. And what he said about it was a real bummer. Like basically he was like, This is a really great idea, and there's no follow through whatsoever. Yeah, I mean Shooter shooter stories have never been the most, uh, unless they're strictly built around like a narrative story like Bioshock or something like that, haven't I mean, necessarily been the strongest. Yeah, I, I mean, Halo, dude, like Gears of War, like I don't know how you could say that. Um, I shoot- mean, Halo's story. Like, shooters uh, are the meat of your narrative gameplay nowadays. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Halo's story even, I mean, the first three were, like, okay, but, like, in four and five, I mean, it's just, like, stuff is happening because Master Chief. Like, that's... Right. <laughs> that. Well, I think when you got a five, you're in trouble. I know everybody's really excited about Halo Infinite, but I'm like, dude, just let this guy sleep. Um... But yeah, I was I was bummed. I was really bummed because I we followed it. I did, however, one of the their biggest complaints was that like you can't customize anything about like your character or your crew that you command. Yeah. And uh, I I remember saying in my my first impressions video like the one thing they need to change is the ability to customize my my uh, group loadout. You know. Yeah. So. All right, well, you do one, since you are very not interested in any of the ones I'm doing. Yeah, I, it's it's weird. Like, I haven't really followed through anything. I guess it's just been a wild week. Uh, so, uh, kind of hearkening back to the PS5 uh, talk, Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop are both timed PS5 exclusives. Right. So, both of the... Bethesda games that were showed off at Sony's show are actually going to be timed exclusives. How long that's going to be, we don't know. Um, But I just find that very interesting, especially given the fact that this Sony show was where a lot of companies that chose to present their new stuff. Like, you know, the ghost wire was the first time we got the gameplay, right? Death loop. We saw a little bit about the gameplay. Both were announced last year and then Capcom showing off resident evil eight at the show. It's just kind of interesting. I think, uh, it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you're trying to get me fiery again, but no, no, <laughs> <laughs> Exclusives make me mad, so 
Um, that's, that's fine. I think Deathloop looks really cool as a game. Honestly. It does. Yeah. That's that, that and that Ghostwire Tokyo. I had no idea what it was, but like after seeing a little bit of the gameplay, it looks very interesting. Yeah, that one wasn't doing it for me. That one was kind of like, for me, that was kind of more weird Kojima PlayStation BS, like when I was looking at it. Like, if I don't know, it, if, it just didn't. And I'm, I'm sure it's a fine game. I'm not trying to like start a fight. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> I, that one wasn't, that wasn't really getting my goat. If it is Skyrim, but in Tokyo, I will be totally 100% okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it doesn't look like Skyrim. It looks like, I don't know. It, it looks like interesting. Like a first-person but... shooter, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting what I saw there, and it didn't, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't pull me in. But also, weird anime stuff doesn't really do it for me, too. So, And that kind of had that feel to it. Um, we also have, uh, apparently, uh, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, their parent company, AT&T, is actually looking to sell them off for $4 billion. Wow. So they want to sell off their uh, video game division of Warner Brothers, basically, to whoever wants to buy them, which is kind of wild, especially given the fact that we have stuff like that rumored Harry Potter game. Uh, the Harry Potter RPG in development over there. Yeah, I mean, not to mention the fact you have like Warner Warner Brothers produces a lot of like big hit games, like Lord of the Rings games. The Lord of the Rings, Batman. Yeah, and we know there's a new Batman coming. I'm kind of surprised that they would want to sell off uh, uh, a profitable company. Right. I, I, well, it's yeah, their entire division. It, it's it's really strange as to why they're going to just lop a whole segment off because yeah. that's normally only done in situations where it's like the, the company doesn't see it as profitable. And it's just odd because right. <laughs> they are good. Uh, and then finally, uh, I have Microsoft has trademarked the phrase Xbox series. Uh, <laughs> so that now lends more credence to a potential Xbox series S uh, right. that we are all assuming is the all digital version of Lockhart. the series X. Yes. Lockhart. Lockhart as it's been called. I, I mean, we, he said this, uh, he said this when they announced it, that basically this is what he wanted to do was just have series of things. Um, I, I think he shouldn't have picked a letter at the end. Personally, if I was gonna if I was gonna name the the series, I would I would name them numbers because you have an infinite amount of numbers. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you only have about twenty four letters. Last time I checked, so uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like that's that was kind of a mistake. But he already kind of had said that like we're just gonna do series from now on. Uh, so I, I expect a Series X and a Series S and a Series B and a Series A and a Series C and all the series. Like, so. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, because if, if they do end up going through all the letters like that, especially given the fact they started with X, like, you'd go through the whole alphabet and then you got to X and you just skip it over and go to Y. Right. Well, where's X? Right. Well, X was the first one. What? I would not have named the system the way it is. Like, yeah, I love Xbox. I, they, I would not have named it. I would have, I would have called it the Xbox Series Zero, because I think that's cool. You got the zero in there. Like, zero is a 
fun number. I would have said Xbox Series Zero. And then you start from one from that point on. And, like, I don't know. But uh, in any case, uh, I've got one more. Okay. Um, Star Wars Squadrons leaked. And uh, they just now, like, we actually, this is breaking news. I'm kind of surprised because yeah. I was got to look at my phone in the last break. And uh, they just put up a, uh, a trailer, a launch date trailer. It's coming out October 2nd. Okay. And it's only going to be $40 for all systems. Interesting. I am really excited about this. And I don't like Star Wars, but I love the space combat stuff. And they never do good space combat stuff. Well, they haven't since really 64. There was the, the, the dogfighting mode on Battlefront, which is fun, but it's not. It's like very arcadey. Yeah. So, like, the way they've kind of presented this is like a very, like, simulation of star wars piloting stuff it's gonna have a solo it's gonna have a solo single player campaign it will also have multiplayer and they have already said no microtransactions whatsoever of any kind so i'm i I, this this is a first star wars game i've actually like man i would i think i'm gonna buy that one yeah uh i'm gonna be uh, a tie fighter and i'm gonna shoot down all the rebel scum (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a uh, direct sequel of the one four sixty four. Actually, I think. Oh, is from it? What I had, I, from what I had read, I did not or at least like that. a remake or something. Yeah, it's it's something along those lines. Yeah, I saw a notification come through for the trailer for it in the middle of the break, but uh, I the trailer's was fine. It's, there's no gameplay in it, so it's just like a vertical slice. It's it's fine. It. It's not. I watched it in the break. Uh, Neil was dealing with some stuff, um, but uh, I watched it in the break. It wasn't. It wasn't anything like special. Like it was fine. It, it just wasn't like gameplay or anything. But it didn't tie into that. It just said, you know, squadrons. It didn't, it didn't yeah. tie into that. Ah, but a duh, but a duh, ladies but-a-duh. and gentlemen, but a duh. Um, that was my last odds and end. Everything else we kind of talked about in the show. Um, yeah. So, do you got any more? No, that was it. All right. Well, I guess we should move to the horrible arena then, sir. All righty. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the show, the moment you've all been waiting for, the horrible arena. What does that mean if you have never listened to the show before? Well, first of all, you should listen to more of our shows. Uh, But it also means that your co-host, myself, Neil included, will pitch you a game, a video game that does not exist, but we will pitch it to you. We will pitch a title, we will pitch a developer, and we will pitch you just what the game is going to be. We make this pitch based on predetermined criteria in which we take turns on, so we each get the home field advantage. Uh, And then you guys take to the comments in all the different places and you tell us what game you would like to play, what game would you spend your hard-earned money on. So this week's criteria was puzzle game. All right, so puzzle game. Um, I won the quantum coin toss, so I get to go first. Um, So fasten your seatbelt, guys, because I think everybody's going to disqualify me right off the bat. So here we go. Okay. So my developer is Ubisoft. My game is Project Ancient. Um, For this little preamble, 
I really considered what a puzzle game is and how to make a puzzle game. And, you know, of course, you've got the straight puzzle games like Tetris and, you know, like Bejeweled and all those ones that are, are, are just a puzzle and you solve those puzzles. But I can't do that. I can't design that. I don't have a brain for that. So uh, I also kind of looked at to what other things would be considered a puzzle game. And uh, I thought that about things like Limbo or Inside or The Witness, where they have puzzles in them. That's their main way of, you know, conflict, but they're not necessarily stuff being put together or put on a screen. So, and then I thought, what would make a puzzle game really cool? What would get me involved in a puzzle game? Um, so, here we go. And again, I don't know if this is going to count as a puzzle game. You guys will have to be the deciding deciders with the vote. But Project Ancient is a game in which you go in and you create a avatar who is a tomb raider or a tomb, not necessarily a tomb raider, but a person who goes into tombs, okay, an archaeologist. Uh, and what you have to do in this game is it is, for the most part, a lives of service game. Um, and what will happen is the company, Ubisoft, will kind of each day put out these platforming puzzle type things. Uh, so it'll be a different place of the world. It'll be a different piece of information that is tied historically to something. So you might be going to Russia and dealing with uh, the Romanov stories, or you might be going to Japan and dealing with, uh, you know, ancient artifacts or the first emperor or something like that. Um, and so what you'll do is you'll take these kind of real world locations that are kind of fantasized. And it's not going to be a shooty like Uncharted or anything like that. There will be platforming, but each room in the dungeon that's created will have puzzles. They will have, you know, really in-depth, well-thought-of things like you would do in Uncharted or Tomb Raider where you would be trying to figure out how to get further or trying to figure out how to, like, open a door or avoid a booby trap. Um, the platforming itself is kind of a puzzle. Uh, and you have to go in, and the idea behind the story is you have to go in and reclaim an artifact that is in danger of being taken from from you by raiders, like actual tomb raiders, which are in the real world very terrible bad people. Like they destroy cultures and heritages for money, basically. Uh, so what you do is to preserve it in these places that are in danger. You go in, you find the artifact, and you get it for the original government. Uh, so you could sprinkle in this historical text in it too. Uh, so you could get these like information about what you're seeking and what you're knowing. You could find out about the culture. I even would love there to be an aspect of you have to do a little online research about the subject matter in order to figure out the puzzles. Like really go into the puzzles. Like the puzzles need to be the main thing. So you go in and you really have to figure out how to do this. So if you're searching for like the first emperor's burial in Japan or something. You have to go online and like at least look at a Wikipedia page about it and then to figure out how to solve these puzzles. Um, and I think that would be a really cool way to bring puzzle games into kind of like this generation and it would constantly give you this like feel um, of, of just like going in and living in that world. Um, so it, this is the kind of puzzle game that would if you could call it a puzzle game, that would pull me in and I would be all in on this, all chips on this. So 
that's my project. It's Project Ancient. You guys are going to have to decide if that one is a fair use of the uh, the, the the term puzzle. Um, but that's that's my game, Neil. I'll toss it over to you. Uh, so right off the top, I'm going to say that while it is kind of close, I don't think your game gets disqualified. Oh, well, that's that's nice. That's it's sweet. it's close. It's close. Okay. Don't don't pat me on the back just yet. Well, it's no, close. I, I, think if you, I think if you came on and the first thing you said is that should be disqualified, I think everybody out there is going to be like, yeah, he's right. So I think that lends some credence to it right there. Yeah, no, I think there's enough puzzle, puzzle, puzzly. I mean, I also yeah. never we I did not specify puzzle platformer, puzzle, you know, this, right. that. You didn't puzzle game. I really wanted to like the I wanted to to it like when I first started to think about it, I was like, how do you make a puzzle game that's just constantly like coming at you? Like I, I really wanted like this like perpetual world, but like with puzzles. And honestly, that idea is what spawned the archaeologist stuff. And then once the archaeologist stuff came in, I was like, that is an awesome game. But the minute the archaeologist stuff gets in, I'm like, is this now a platformer? Uh, I'm not sure. But, uh, but yeah, the focus, I want the focus to be on the puzzles. It's just I thought the subject matter was the best way to do it. Um, all right. So mine is going to be Project Cube. And this is going to be done by Capcom because they already have background and something along these same lines when they did uh, Puzzle Fighter. So Project Cube will take two teams of three individuals and assign them a face of a cube. And this face of this cube is going to have a 10 by 10 row of panels of different like colors or shapes somewhere that you would like match them up um and it would be a match three match four match five however you are able to do it competitive puzzle game in that whenever you all like the the teams will have a collective score and whenever somebody on one side of the cube on one team does something the effects of their actions ripple across the whole cube so those on the others on the other team if you clear out five that might send garbage blocks their way or reshuffle their board that they were trying to set up a good combo or if it was somebody on your own team maybe it would give them more of the same type of color or shape panel uh, and the object would be to completely knock out the other team by either eliminating their entire board and making it impossible for them to do moves by either filling it with garbage or meeting an arbitrary score total uh, or a time limit something along those lines but mine would be just that three versus three puzzle game uh competition style and that would be it i would love something like that i've said before at least to you i love panel de pawn uh tetris attack as it's known here in america uh i love that sort of stuff the competitive puzzle game along with uh, puzzle fighter as well i love that thing uh but i'd take inspiration from that and make it a three verse three competitive puzzle game nice nice that that sounds actually a lot of fun i like the competitive 
uh, team-based play. Yeah, it would be very interesting too because then you could run into situations that you run into sometimes with like four versus four shooters, oddly enough, where you might be partnered with somebody who's not really that great. So you'd have to have somebody who's really good to compensate for that on your team or else you would just totally get washed. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I think, I think you'd have a hard time playing it without knowing two other people. <laughs> Who want to play it with you? Well, I think it would be strictly more an online game. Right. I think right. it would be something to where it has like a training mode where you can go in and do some practice. Right. But outside of that, it's more along the lines of like Tetris Attack. Yeah. Or not no. Tetris Attack. Um, Tetris 99, that is. Yeah. that's It definitely had vibes of that. I definitely felt that. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Uh, it is Project Q versus Project project ancient you guys get to decide who wins uh whether or not i was disqualified uh will neil keep his streak going of uh three in a row he would make it four in a row if he wins this one so uh that's up to you guys that's up to you guys um we do get to pick our next topic and it is my turn to pick correct uh yes it is so i will be choosing licensed material as our topic for horrible arena our game must be pitched off licensed material interesting yeah any game we want but it's got to be a movie a book uh, uh, a tv show something along those lines it's got to be licensed material horrible gaming podcast and that's it ladies and gentlemen that brings us to the end of the show neil do you got anything to plug uh, well, we did just finish recording, uh, the first part of the next season of, uh, mm-hmm. of Streets of Retro. Yes. Uh, that, and we were just on, uh, uh, my mind is just Prelude blanking to divorce. today. Prelude to Divorce. Prelude to Divorce. I am, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's all right. It's just, it's a dry a sponge day. up there. It's a dry sponge up there right now. I got to listen to some of that long day. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So just to help Neil out with his plugs, uh, Streets of Retro Season 2 will premiere a week from this Thursday. Uh, we're very excited about that. We did get to play it. We, we play uh, Streets of Rage 1. We're also going to play Streets of Rage 2 in Season 1 just because we actually got through the first game in three episodes because it was rather short um and then he's also talking about prelude to divorce he he and his wife kayla were on prelude to divorce with me and my wife melissa uh and two of those episodes are up we have one final episode that'll that will go up this sunday and they are all they're just the funniest audio we like prelude is like in my opinion the funniest show we do but like when you guys are on, it is nonsense. I am just laughing and I've already, I know what we're going to say and I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so I urge you guys to go check those out. Um, and then uh, as far as my own little extra plug, I want to just keep on plugging the week of Phil Billy we're having right now. I don't know why I decided to call it that, but we're calling it that. So that's what's happening. <laughs> you did. Uh, and it's a thing now, right? Uh, <laughs> Phil Billy and uh, fan and, professional troll of the show filthy phil uh did a uh a first run video of the guardian takedown um that's already up that went up on sunday he also helped us out with the review on on the guardian takedown which is the review uh which is already up that went up on monday 
And then we are doing our state of play for June, me and him. Uh, that goes up in Streets of Retro's place just this one time as a special on Thursday. And then Friday is season three finale of Borderlands 330. We're very excited. We've had so much fun doing that. And we're really excited that we actually got through three seasons of it. And we're definitely doing a fourth. So, um, and then in addition to that, the normal plugs. You can reach us on Facebook at OldManGamingDH, on Twitter at OldManGaming9. You can check us out in our Discord. The link is in the description below. Uh, we are good for all sorts of things, such as influencing all of our shows or posting your links to hentai sites, which seems to be a big thing right now. Uh, uh, I missed that one. Oh, I've been deleting them. Uh, okay. We did a lot of spammy, uh, check out hentai every so often. Um, <laughs> so I was just making a joke, but, uh, yeah, check us out there. Uh, and as long as you guys keep watching and listening to this, uh, we will keep making it. We'll see you guys next week. All right. I got to check out my kids. She's in the bathroom. I'll be right back. You good. I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart decide? He's never going to hear this. Well, maybe he will during editing. Who knows? All right, all right, I'm back, I'm back.